You're listening to Project Good Boss, the podcast with your host, Anna Shepherd. Good boss, well, you got to be a good boss. Let me hear you sing a good boss. Now come on, work hard, work hard, work hard. Oh, you got to be a good boss. Project Good Boss is a podcast dedicated to understanding the business benefits of kindness in leadership. We cover topics including, and not limited to, leadership equality, psychology, social impact, decent work and economic growth. All delivered with a little splash of good vibes. Now you got to be a good boss! Today I have been joined on Project Good Boss by an industry leader, 15 years in industry, doing what he does best. He's a head chef, he is an absolute advocate for kindness in business. His name is Bradley Jordan. Welcome to Project Good Boss. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me on. So tell us, Bradley, where do you work? What do you do? How long have you been doing this? So uh, I'm a chef for 15 years. Um, Started uh, my humble beginnings back in a golf club in the UK and progressed through many different types of restaurants and hotels. Um, And now I'm currently uh, working in the corporate sector. Uh, so basically, I work for a company that subcontracts their catering uh, services to other um, corporate entities that require those services. So that's basically um, the kind of area that I'm in now. So it's a lot better hours, um, a lot um, more... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot friendlier environment. It's a lot um, more chilled, um, less cutthroat, and obviously the social side of it's um, a lot better because you're still able to see your family, see your friends, um, and that's basically why I moved into it. I spent my entire 20s saying, no, sorry, I can't go out tonight, mate. Uh, no, sorry, can't do that, or I'm absolutely knackered, so I just want to stay in bed all day. Uh, for my entire twenties, and it just was enough. Was enough, really. Um, there, and since I have seen this change, I've I've seen quite a change in myself that's come along with it, and also a way that some easier fixes can be applied in my industry to make it a better environment to work in. So you mentioned there. So you've been a head chef. Uh, for a quite a number of years as well and it's it's I mean I've been in the hospitality industry it's a bit it's it's a rough environment in some places isn't it you know the like the kitchen can be quite an intense environment to be in it can be quite highly stressful um you've been you do events for thousands and thousands of people in one sitting um and you know, I think having got to know Bradley, um, there's some there's some significant shifts that have happened in your leadership style and your view over the past few years. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, definitely realised that um, the way that um, a lot of hospitality is led is a lot more like the way that Gordon Ramsay would do it. Lots of shouting, lots of putting people down, Lots of um, screaming and not really much in the way of positive support. It's kind of a, an environment that's basically you sink or swim and no one's going to throw you a lifeline. You have to make it or 
that's it, you're out kind of thing. And it, I've seen it break a lot of people over the years. I've seen it pe- break guys that have come into the kitchen, you know, wide-eyed and happy first day and they never come back again. Mm. And I've seen it break head chefs to the point where one thing that's very touching to me is um, the problem that we actually have with suicide as well in the industry at the moment. It's it's become a real um, point that um, people have started talking about, which is great. Um, a couple of people that I've worked um, with along in the same company have actually taken their own lives um, further down the line after we've um, not worked together anymore. And, um, and it's purely because of the stress and the environment these people don't feel like there's anywhere to turn to. And when you're in that environment, it is very solitary. You don't feel like anyone really cares about you. You don't feel anyone cares about what your feelings are. It's just head down and work. So what makes you a different type of leader in the kitchen, Brad? Because I've actually started to realise that burning through people and always complaining that there's an employee shortage, which there is in Australia. There is a, a, a massive um, chef shortage in, in Australia, which actually gave me the opportunity to come over here and work. And what I've actually seen is that if we nurture these people better in their first few years in the industry, not only are we going to have a, a less... G- Um, job shortage but we're basically going to have people that enjoy their work more and they're going to be happier people and I in turn think that people that enjoy their jobs give a better product Mm. and there goes the the whole the whole um, the whole industry from the customer's point of view and as well as from the employer or the employee is simply a better better model to work with so the so the main differences I've really noticed is is that the shouting, the um, bullying, the putting people down, it needs to stop and it needs to stop straight away. And unfortunately, it's not going to stop straight away because I've worked for many chefs that put you down, that throw things at you, that burn you, that punch you. And these are things I've first-hand experienced myself. And it's prolific in London, especially. Um, I'm not 100% what it was like 10, 15 years ago in, in Sydney, but that's what I can talk for in London. It was very, very brutal. So what's the, what's been the trigger? Because that first of all, that was brilliant that you shared that and you've been really, really honest about that. Because I think a lot of, lot of people that get into these situations almost end up in this slightly abusive cycle with their employer where they're a little bit afraid to step out and maybe this abusive situation is followed up with a little bit of kindness and love after and it ends up in this bit of a cycle so what was it that made you think do you know what you that you're going to change change things up a bit and you're not you're not going to be in this environment or you don't want to create this environment for your staff anymore and what does that even look like on a day-to-day basis i think the biggest thing that really opened my eyes was I suddenly realized I'd become what I hated. I hated that guy that shouted at me. I hated that guy that put me down and embarrassed me and called me out in front of the rest of the entire kitchen crew. 
and it would make you feel so small. Mm. And I suddenly realised that I was repeating that behaviour, as you said. Um, and I, I was I, I took a look at myself in the mirror one morning, and I wasn't happy with what I saw. Mm. I it was it was affecting my working environment, and it started to affect. Um, relationships I was having outside of work because I was taking that stress home with me because I wasn't dealing with it properly and in that moment was the moment that I really knew I needed to make a change I remember putting someone down really badly I embarrassed them in front of the rest of the crew and they were on the edge of tears and on the edge of walking out of my, my employment basically and that's when I said enough's enough um, I've just been repeating the behaviours of what I've learned because every other person that I've worked for used that tactic of ruling by fear and intimidation. And then I suddenly realised, okay, I'm going to try something different now. And as if overnight, I switched, I, I turned a switch and and I, I started to implement these things. Obviously, it wasn't perfect overnight, um, but it made a change. It made a massive change. Um, but not only that, it actually made an enormous change in my personal life. Um, I was drinking heavily. I was quite unhealthy. I weighed 30 kilos more than I do now. Um, and it was an entire life change for me to realize this and deal with my problems in a completely different way. And my my um, my my pos my positive effects were having a positive effect on me um, health wise, um, which I thought was fantastic because I thought here, well, okay, well, if I'm feeding this negative emotion all day long, what's what's the what's the only output could be more negativity? So what I then did was I started going in. I started realizing, okay, I need to I need to realize that these people. Are people and they need kindness they've all got their own shit going on yeah, so you can have a little swear oh, yeah, sorry I just, I just realized that am I allowed to swear <laughs> yeah don't worry can we and, and sometimes it's the only word that can really describe yeah, the reality um, of the situation yeah, yeah exactly um so I realized that everyone has this stuff going on and you wouldn't be a chef if you didn't throw an F bomb in every night. Yeah, day. exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> They'd be like, is this guy even a chef? Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> a faker. So I realized that I needed to treat them like individuals. And I needed to realize that that was what how I was going to get the best out of them. And the shift that I saw in their in the, the way that they reacted to me and the way that they reacted to their work completely changed instantly and the whole culture took a shift over probably a three or four month period where suddenly it wasn't the right environment for certain characters and the the negative um atmosphere that was there went with those people as well and what was left was a culture where it was a family Suddenly, I felt like I was going in and I was working with my friends. I was working with people that were there. They all had their key jobs. They all had their key things. But initially, we were one unit. We worked as a unit. So, so you had a trigger that made you think, right, okay, you got up and you were like, I, I don't like myself anymore right now. 
and and I, you can see the cause of effect and the consequences that you're having and the see and this, and this cycle that's been created by learning from the wrong people and learning from the wrong leaders. And I think that shifting consciousness where you've taken a step above what was going on and kind of had a bird's eye view and a look down at the situation. Did something happen that made you do that? Or did you wake up one day and it was a realisation? What Was there an action or an event that occurred that made this happen? Is there anything you can actually remember? I had quite um, I had quite a run-in, as I said before, with, with a member of staff where I could have handled the situation very, very simply. I could have simply stated that what they'd done was wrong. Um, this is how we need to fix it. And this is how it needs to be from now on. Giving them the keys to succeed and move on and forget about it. But I didn't do it like that. I threw a tantrum. I yelled at them. I embarrassed them and made them feel like I'd felt. And that's when that was one of the main triggers. And how it seeped into my personal life was I actually had a huge, huge argument with with my my now fiance. Um, and I got to the point where I realized that if I didn't buck up my behavior, I was perhaps going to lose her. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that just simply couldn't happen. So it was love. It was love. <laughs> it <laughs> nice. was love that made me see the love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that kind of, um, you know, how was that received in a, in a you know, predominantly male-dominated environment where the certain behaviors are kind of, historically are endorsed as you know men should be men step up you know don't show emotion don't be too soft like you know if you're tired you're tired we're all tired deal with it how did you even go around tackling that environment and being an ambassador for empathy and kindness as as a a man who's had to fight your way through into leadership in a in a a boy's world how did you even start with that um well, to start with, actually half my crew is actually female, oh. uh, which is quite um, quite a different environment for a kitchen. Uh, was that your decision? Um, no, it wasn't my decision. Um, obviously, I didn't set out to say, right, I'm going to have half women and half men in my in my in my crew. But when I was rehiring uh, through this transitional period, because as I said, that change wasn't right for some people. And there were certain people that couldn't get on board with that. And I realized that the biggest thing that I had was the fact that I was the boss and I could make these changes and I could make the the positive shift. And the only person that was really going to drive it was me. So I had to drive it myself. And the people needed to come along for the ride or they needed to get out. And that was basically how it went. And when I was rehiring, it was simply that they were the best fit for the culture that I wanted to um, I wanted to create in the workplace. It wasn't that it wasn't that it had to be male or female. It was just I was looking for people that could work without all the drama and could work without all the the unnecessary ego. Mm. And so you think actually, you know, by creating this new culture and holding people accountable to the standards that you're trying to create in that space, you actually made it maybe more appealing for women to want to work there. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I never really thought about it in, in that way. Um, I did get a lot of female applicants um, and I got equally a lot of male applicants as well. But I think actually upon doing the interview process, I think that perhaps maybe I came across better and it was more desirable for them to, to want to work in an environment because I can imagine the things that I've been through um to even then to happen to someone who's female um, would be there would be certain situations that would be horrific mm. um, you know that um, maybe maybe men are slightly more geared to deal with um, but I, I don't believe that's true mm. I, I believe that that balance is the key mm. it really is it's not all shouting and it's all all um it's not all butterflies and fairies at the same time i feel like it has to be it has to be a balance it has to be a balance between that love and that fear because i feel i still believe that there has to be an element of fear there has to be an element of fear in your boss because otherwise they'll run amok the people will run amok if they if they're not worried that their boss is gonna come down on them if they do something wrong then that's not that's not going to be positive for the business so, so with regards to that um, balance, which we're talking about, and obviously we 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 can go into the fear, you know, um, motivator over inspiration motivator, and that's maybe something we can touch pace again in maybe a year's time or something with Brad. If if you're looking at purpose, and we're going to ask you, we've got about four minutes left, but we're going to give you the money money shot, the money question. If, do you operate to a higher purpose now with the way that you, you go around things? Do you think to yourself, okay, this is why I exist. This is this is how I am contributing to a bigger purpose. And, it's, and what is it that drives that? You know, for some people it's faith. For some people it, they maybe have articulated their values very clearly and they're very firm with that. Or they've really spent time understanding what it is they want to do to make the world a better place, um, if that's what they're even interested in. Uh, have you gone down that journey? Are you still on that journey? Um, I think we're all still on that journey. Yeah. I think anyone who says they've got there hasn't got there. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically, I think the, the the massive shift that I saw was also that not only was I just a leader, not only was I just their boss, I suddenly became someone they confiding with, it confided in personally. I suddenly get a, I started getting personal problems coming to the table and I realized that I was so obviously open um, and approachable that people were coming to me with these issues and I could actually help them. Mm-hmm. And I've actually helped a few people with things in work and outside of work. And that made me really realize that, okay, man, like this is... This is something that I now, a skill that I have that that makes me feel better than any perfectly cooked steak or lobster is ever going to make me feel. And that they can do that. And if they can be happy in their jobs and happy in their working environment and I can help them to become better people, then it spreads like ripples on a pond. Absolutely. And they... Where I where I managed to help myself and maybe help one or two others, then if they maybe help someone and so on and so forth. Um, so so what so what 
if we, we're going to talk about a couple of qualities, uh, we'll probably, I'm going to ask you one question and we'll finish off with just asking you to give a two or three examples of qualities that you've learned to be and that you might use in your own personality as a leader that do make business a better place and do make, uh, you know, the people who work with you feel great. Um, but before that, you know, for you to stay in this maintained kind of balance, what what does that even look like on a daily basis? What tools are you using to to maintain a balance within yourself as a leader? Um, personally, I I I'm very structured in the mornings. I get up and I do the same thing every morning. I get up and I meditate and I stretch and I have my black coffee and I love making coffee. I love, I grind the beans myself and I make the coffee myself. And that whole process, that mm. small scientific little process where everything's perfect and you get this beautiful end result, it sets me off in a really good tone for the rest of the day. I feel calm, I feel happy and caffeinated, of course. Yeah. Um, and by the time I get to work, I'm ready to take on the day. I'm ready to be, I'm ready to, I've got my own sh shit sorted. So I can deal with debts, mm. basically. I can go in and I can be like, hey, how are you? And really mean it. And I feel like if I can segue into those qualities, and I feel like that is one of them, is actually asking someone how they are and actually meaning it, not just, oh, hi, how are you? You know, actually looking into someone's eyes in the morning and say, hey, how are you? Mm. How was your evening? H how are you feeling today? And I feel... That is one of the main qualities that I think can really, really help. And then, secondly, not just asking the question, actually listening. Because how many of us ask the question and we're so busy and preoccupied in what we're on? Oh, yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to check my emails. I've got to do that. That we don't actually listen to the people. Is there anything, so on a final note, that you, you're still working on? Yeah, both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel sometimes I will ask that question and then I notice myself still thinking about something else. I'm not properly listening to the person across the table from me. And I, I, but the good thing is I'm catching myself doing it, nice. which means that, you know, there is progress. And I feel like if, if I could share one thing with any, any of the leaders out there, it's just listen to your people. That take take that time, that time to ask them how they are, find out what's going on in their life and how you can help them. And you'll end up with a stronger team, one that rallies behind you, and you're going to end up working in a beautiful environment. Amazing. Thank you so much, Brad. That's Thank all you. we've got time for today on Project Good Boss, but keep on making kitchens kinder. See what we did there? Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Thank love you that. for being so honest. And I think it's it's really good that we can get people in here talking to us and just telling it how it is so people can truly relate to it. And we hope that if there's anybody listening today that is working in an environment where they do have the influence and the power to be able to make those shifts, whether it's in hospitality or any other you know, uh, historically challenging environment to be in, Tomorrow is another opportunity to turn everything around. And I think Brad is a really, really great example of that. So um, thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Project Good Boss. Bambuda Group is a social enterprise providing leadership coaching for corporate leaders, business owners, and operators. We believe in a future where every leader is committed to creating a sustainable world of equality and opportunity for everyone. If you are a game-changing leader and you have an amazing story of how your business is making the world a kinder and a better place, we would love to hear from you. Visit bambudagroup.com or slide up into our DMs. And finally, you should know, for every paid member we have in our network, we provide scholarships to reduce inequalities in leadership and business. Thank you to Sonic Union for editing this episode, Lou Roberts for writing and performing Project Good Boss and design by Flair Creative. Thank you for being kind today. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again next time. Yeah!